Hi everybody, um, another week, another one of these Facebook Lives that I'm doing um, based on questions that folks are asking uh, initially in their author pool, but um, uh, I'll take questions from other places as well. So if you would like to ask a question about going into business for yourself, freelancing, no question is too newbie or beginner, um, put it in, in the comments on this Facebook Live video or if we've cross-posted it to YouTube, uh, I'll catch the comments there on YouTube as well. So anywhere you feel like asking me questions, please feel free to have at it. Um, this week, we're talking about taxes. So uh, one of the questions I had was basically, um, I had a couple tax questions, but um, more or less like when you go into business for yourself, how do taxes work? Now, my apologies to anyone watching who may be um, somewhere other than the U.S. because I don't know how it works over there. This is going to be uh, entirely U.S.-based, but... Let's take a look at kind of if you have no experience whatsoever and you've decided that you want to go do a side hustle um, or earn money on your own somehow, what does that mean for you in terms of taxes? I'm going to kind of go through uh, everything that I can think of scenario-wise. I made a couple of notes here so I don't forget to talk about anything. Um, but in order to really dive into the topic, we need to look at... Um, I would say how taxes work for you as an employee. So most people that are going to moonlight, start a side hustle, freelance, whatever, probably had some experience working as an employee, if only like working in Dairy Queen or something when you were a teenager. Um, but you get that employment experience first. And what happens when you're employed is you'll fill out this form called a W-9 when you start working for your employer. And you, um, I forget what all goes into that form. But basically, that form tells your employer how much tax to withhold from your paycheck. And so you get that first paycheck at a new job, and your paycheck is for $5,000 or whatever. And then you see, oh my goodness, um, my paycheck was for $5,000 that it says at the top, but then uh, I only actually get about, what would it be, uh, $3,600 of it or something. Um, that's known as withholding. So there are a number of things that get withheld from your paycheck, um, so-called payroll taxes, like federal tax, state uh, income tax, any local taxes that you might have if, if you have a municipality that does that. Um, then there's also Social Security or what are called FICA taxes. I won't get into that too much, but think of it as a ball of money that the government, if you will, um, withholds from your paycheck. What's really going on there is your employer withholds it and they send a check to the government, so to speak. But basically, as far as you're concerned as an employee, um, you earn a certain amount of money, 5000 you get to keep $3,600. Um, that's your take-home. That's how uh, taxes work kind of by default. And what's actually going on there is your employer, in a sense, is doing you a service because they are preventing a situation where at the end of the year you have to owe a bunch of money to the government. Somehow or another, when you earn income, uh, depending on how much money you earn each year, your tax bracket is called, um, there is an amount of money that the IRS uh, at the federal level and then your state government, uh, state income tax, those two bodies help themselves to um, from your paycheck. And... Um, whether you had money withheld by your employer or whether you just wrote the IRS a check, state government check every year, you would have to pay them that money. So it is a convenience for you that it's withheld. It's also good for the IRS because they earn uh, interest on your money instead of you earning interest on your money. Um, so I guess everybody wins. 
but that is just the default incumbent system that you're used to, that people are used to. So it is kind of done for you. Your employer is like the steward of you not having to write the uh, government a check at the end of the year. Instead, quite often you get a refund check and you go, you know, buy pool noodles with it or whatever. Um, so I wanted to set the stage with all of that because that's called withholding and it's what's happening to you by default. Now, let's say that you go and you start moonlighting. Well, when you moonlight, like um, I think I talked about this in a previous video, let's say you wrote some blog posts for Hit Subscribe and um, you wrote a number of blog posts and we wrote you a check for $1,000 and paid you $1,000 for writing blog posts. Now, you aren't an employee of Hit Subscribe in that capacity. You are what is known as a contractor, uh, called a 1099. 1099 is the tax form that describes that relationship. It's uh, you'll hear it called that, like 1099 contractor work. Anyway, there's no withholding in that. So um, if you send us an invoice for $1,000, we send you a check for $1,000. Now, um, what happens here is that still gets reported to the IRS and to your state as income. And so basically, uh, hit subscribe at the end of the year, we'll generate a tax document uh, called a 1099 that we send to the IRS. And we say, hey, we paid Susie Smith uh, $1,000. Now, what the IRS is looking for um, on your tax return is something that also indicates that as income. So the IRS knows because uh, the business that paid you has to report that um, payment. The IRS knows that it's income as far as you're concerned. Your state government knows that it's income as far as you're concerned. And you owe tax on that. So let's say um, we paid you $1,000 and you would otherwise have had a refund at the end of the year of $500, um, well, now your refund is going to be reduced to maybe $250 because you owe taxes on this money that hit subscribe paid you. So in that scenario, it's not really that big of a deal. You can just collect your $1,000 over the course of the year in payments and, hey, whatever, your refund is reduced a little. Okay. Um, now, the thing is, imagine if you're doing this a bunch for us. And so instead of $1,000, we're paying you five dollars or $10,000 throughout the year. Now what starts to happen is that refund amount goes negative and you start to owe the state and the IRS money at the end of the year. So that's a bummer. Um, you probably don't want that and you really don't want that because what will start to happen is if you owe those institutions too much money at the end of the year, they will come along. Number one, they'll, they'll um, impose some penalties on you and then they'll demand that you make what are uh, called quarterly estimated tax payments. And I'll get to that in a moment. Um, but so the, the idea here to recap a little bit is when you start a business, when you start, um, moonlighting, or maybe you go off on your own and freelance, you become responsible for taking care of that tax burden yourself. Unlike an employed situation, there's nobody that's handling that from, for you. Nobody's doing this automatically withholding money, taking care of putting it, um, into the IRS and state government coffers for you. You have to do that. So, when you go off on your own, what you need to do is figure out your tax strategy. Generally speaking, if um, you're going to be earning a fairly negligible amount of money, um, you don't really have to do much of anything. So um, I'm going to give you a bit of unofficial information to do what you will with. I think the amount is five or $600, but if you come and write one blog post for hit subscribe and we were to say pay you $200, let's say for that, uh, you're below the threshold where we need to report that to the IRS. It's not required. So I don't think we would because we have to pay to send out 1099s. So there might be no record of that as income at all, meaning like 
you might not even need to report it. I am, um, I am so not telling you not to report it because that's technically tax fraud. What I am saying is if you didn't report it, you, the IRS, the state, probably nobody would notice or care. So there are very low thresholds below which nobody's even interested in this. Now, if you're getting up to that 1099 reporting threshold, still, if it's like $1,000, it's kind of the situation I described before, where all that's really going to happen is you're probably going to get um, a reduced tax refund at the end of the year. But once you're starting to do a non-trivial amount of work, what I would suggest you do is to start keeping track, roughly speaking, of what you would owe in taxes. And then you can uh, act accordingly. So a good rule of thumb that I would stick to, if nothing else, is um, if, depending on your state tax rate, call it 30% of everything you earn um, moonlighting, freelancing, whatever, set aside 30% and assume that's going to go to taxes. Now, uh, I think you would need to be making, I want to say, close to $200,000 a year before your federal tax burden hit 28%. I think up into the mid-six figures, your personal income tax rate, your highest tax rate is going to be 24%. Um, and then so add on top of that your state tax rate. I, I don't know if there's states that tax you more than 6%, maybe some with a graduated tax. Anyway, the long and short of it is, 30% is probably safe. If you want to be really safe, set aside 35. I, I just can't imagine anyone watching ever paying more than that um, in tax on that income. And so I touched on this in a video about starting um, in business for yourself. But what I would recommend doing if you're somewhat serious about moonlighting or if you're going freelance and having your own business is you're going to have a checking account presumably for that business. Uh, if you don't, if it's just your own personal checking account, um, either way, create a savings account that's just there for taxes. And so everything you get paid when you're moonlighting, when you're freelancing, as soon as you get that $1,000 check, take 30 or 35, if you're cautious, percent of it, so 300 or $350, and just immediately transfer it into that savings account. If you do that, then you will, um, you will generally be covered um, for whatever, uh, taxes you owe at the end of the year. So at least setting aside penalties and estimated taxes for now, at least you'll have this money put aside and you won't be caught off guard having spent all of your moonlighting or freelancing income. And then, oh no, I owe the IRS $3,000. So at least that won't happen if you're setting aside that money. I wholeheartedly recommend that you do that. Um, so let's talk about some other concerns here. And actually, um, now it occurs to me that maybe you bump that figure a little bit, 30 or 35 percent. It might be 35 or 40 percent. And the reason for that is um, I want to talk about something called self-employment tax. Um, this is something that caught me off guard years ago when I first started getting exposed to it. And let me explain what self-employment tax is. When you work for a company, as I mentioned, the company is withholding money. Uh, from your paycheck to cover a number of different kinds of taxes. There's the federal tax, the state tax, and then what I was calling FICA. And those are called payroll taxes. So that's Social Security and it's federal unemployment insurance and Medicare. I forget. It's kind of a few things rolled into one. But, you know, because the U.S. government and state governments just love complexity, uh, they actually split the burden of those taxes between you and your employer. So uh, go thank your employer one day for this because they are paying half of your FICA taxes. You don't know this, you never see it, but your employer actually pays more than your salary plus taxes because they're covering the burden. They're taxed for employing you. 
So when you go off on your own, the IRS kind of gleefully looks at you and says, hey, now that you're on your own, um, not only are you an employee, but you're also your own employer. So you owe us both of those taxes. And that's called self-employment tax. And if you um, didn't know this, if you'd just been used to understanding your taxes as an employee, now you've got this other set of taxes to pay. And I think it's about 6% of your income. And that's why I'm kind of correcting myself and saying you might want to boost if you're conservative to 35 to 40 uh, percent of your income that you set aside. And like, man, doesn't that start to sound like a lot? Um, I will say that your effective tax rate will not be 35 or 40%. So this is a conservative strategy, but um, that has to do with deductions and a bunch of things that I won't get into. I don't really want to muddy the waters. What I'm doing is giving you advice that if you are setting aside this amount of what you receive as a freelancer, as a moonlighter, um, you will be safe. So make it a point to do that because you're going to have to cover the self-employment tax. You're covering all your own taxes and you're responsible for paying the IRS. Now, um, if your income is non-trivial, I don't have a great rule of thumb for this, except to say that if you're able to project out and you think you're going to owe the IRS more than a little bit of money at the end of the year, what you're going to want to do is start making what are called quarterly estimated tax payments. And I don't know if I've ever recorded a video of myself doing this. It's really not hard to do. Like if you Google um, federal estimated tax payments, you'll get to the right page and you can just go do an online payment. <clears throat> but basically um, that account you're creating for yourself that's holding all of your taxes, once a quarter um, you want to go and empty that out to the IRS and also to the state government, like in proportion. So if your state tax rate is 3%, you know, um, you want to pay them the equivalent of 3% of what you earned, and then the rest you give to the IRS. And making those quarterly payments um, keeps them happy. And by the way, once you file your tax returns, like so, um, for instance, I, I personally have been making estimated tax payments for years. Um, all throughout 2020, I made four estimated tax payments. At the end of the year, um, when I'm going to gear up to do my tax return here in 2021 for 2020, um, I log all those estimated payments. So it, it banks as money that I have already paid. And so I usually wind up getting a refund because I'm a little bit uh, cautious and I'm usually overpaying on estimates so that I don't get whacked owing money at the end of the year. So to recap there, when you're doing your own taxes, and if you think you're going to owe money, you might owe money, I would suggest making those quarterly estimated tax payments. And um, you do that uh, four times throughout the year. And that's going to do a few things. It's going to stop you from having to write a check, most likely, at the end of the year. It's going to stop you from incurring penalties because the IRS, uh, as I said before, and your state government, they like to earn uh, interest on your money. They don't like it when you earn interest on your money. So what they're going to do is if you haven't given them enough of your money in their determination, they're going to charge you a penalty. Um, it's usually not much. Don't, don't let that worry you if you underpay. It's, I forget what, but I think tens of dollars, like it's not injurious. Um, but nevertheless, you will get those penalties. Um, so you can avoid all of that with quarterly estimated tax payments. And I will say, um, if you are serious about being in business for yourself, if you are even serious about moonlighting fairly steadily, this is something that's going to be on your radar. If you're making a non-trivial amount of money outside of an employed context, then just assume that quarterly payments and dealing with the IRS and the state tax entity uh, in this fashion is going to be part of your life. 
read up on it a little, go understand how it works, get used to it, because it'll be a thing. Um, one last thing that I'll mention, just because this tripped me up and I wound up owing money for um, a couple of years, because uh, this is bonkers. Um, but, you know, if I told you uh, that you had to make quarterly payments, you would probably think, oh, right, so like once every quarter, I make that quarterly payment, and a quarter is three months. Uh, no, as it turns out, that's wrong because uh, the IRS quarters aren't every three months. It's three months, then two months, then three months, then four months. I kid you not. So you make those quarterly estimated payments in April and then in June, not July. Otherwise, you're late if you make the quarterly payment after second quarter. And then you do it again in September and then after December. So three months, two months, three months, four months. Um, for that, all you have to remember is that it's janky. And, you know, just always check the dates. It's that second quarter that's short for reasons known only to the great bureaucracies of the world. Uh, but in all seriousness, I'm mentioning that hopefully to save you a few dollars because it's so insane and, and counterintuitive that you're not going to really notice that until you get penalized. And the IRS is like, yeah, what kind of quarters are you talking about? Ours are two months sometimes. So anyway, uh, yeah, uh, fun stuff that you learn along the way. So hopefully this has been interesting. Um, it might sound a little bit overwhelming, but just go read up a little bit on withholding quarterly tax payments. The most boring stuff imaginable, but um, it won't take you that long to get up to speed. And if you follow the rules of thumb I laid out here, um, you will do fine. Just set aside that money as it comes in to make sure there's always enough there. And then you're just uh, making payments four times a year. Um, and so it's really not that big of a deal, even if it sounds intimidating. Um, by the way, uh, my wife is tending to my infant son out there. And if you're hearing that in the background, uh, it sounds like he's pretty hungry. So uh, maybe that's his way of saying hi, but uh, that's the crying. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, always interesting to do these. Hopefully folks are finding them somewhat informative and uh, I will catch you next time.